My name is Keith Beavers, and you have to know this because I now know this, but some of the Velociraptor sounds that were made in Jurassic Park were tortoises mating. So there, sorry. I had to know it. Sorry. What's going on, wine lovers from the Vine Pair Podcasting Network? This is the Wine 101 Podcast. My name is Keith Beavers, and I happen to be the tastings director of Vine Pair. Yeah, it's true. We're continuing our American block, and we're going just east of San Francisco, Sacramento, into the Central Valley to talk about Lodi. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by Apothic Wine. Just like the wines of Lodi in the greater Central Valley, this wine spends a lot of hours basking in the sun on vines grown in valley floor vineyards. It's a classic California style, a big, full-bodied red wine that's positively bursting with juicy grapes. This wine is juicy. Okay, so we're continuing with the American block here. Lodi, California has amazing wine, and they have some of the oldest vines of Zinfandel in California. Zinfandel is a thing here. Zinfandel is still a thing here, but there's so much more. And you guys know how I like to shine a light on these AVAs. I had to bring in an expert, Stuart Spencer, who is the executive director of the Lodi Wine Association. He is also a winemaker, wine grower, and expert on the industry himself. So if I'm going to get a good sense of Lodi, he's the one I need to talk to because this is an exciting time for American wine. There's a whole new generation of winemakers doing awesome things. And Lodi, which was once known mostly for Zinfandel, is not just known for Zinfandel, but is also still known for Zinfandel. Get excited, guys. Get ready to book more tickets to Lodi, California. Spencer, let's do this. But, um, yeah, I was excited because I said this last episode, I want to get, give my listeners a whole other the story again, but since 2019, I've been obsessed with American wine regions since it was a, it was a visit in Paso Robles that opened my eyes about a lot of mm-hmm. things, especially in California that's going on. And when you guys came to visit us, um, we were tasting through the wines. I was just blown away by the diversity, the excitement, the exploratory nature, and the quality of the wine. I'm not saying it was it, it was not, but I'm just saying the di- the quality within the diversity of what you guys are doing yeah. is is very cool. So I wanted to kind of my listeners. Um, they they know how much I love American wine. They know how much I'm I'm, I'm invested in sort of like understanding places that they may not know. So I wanted to bring you on here to get a nice picture for our listeners about Lodi, because I think it's written again. I'm, (laughs) I'm a Gen Xer. So I know the song, um, by by CCR, but I've said it twice now online and to a friend recently, and they have no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) So we don't, maybe we don't have to do that, but, um, well, maybe we'll mention it, (laughs) but so I guess, if we, some of my listeners may not even know where Lodi is. They may not even know what a Lodi is. So I guess we would start like, where in the world is Lodi, California? Okay. 
So Lodi is um, in Northern California, and we are located just south of Sacramento and east of San Francisco. Um, we often like to say we're kind of nestled between the San Francisco Bay and the Sierra Nevadas. Nice. Uh, about an hour and a half drive out of San Francisco, about 45 minutes out of Sacramento. Okay. And um, what is that? What is that? Is that called the San Joaquin Valley? Yeah, the whole, yeah, I mean, the, the northern part is called San jo Sacramento. Uh, valley and the southern is called the San Joaquin Valley, and they kind of meet at the San uh, at the uh, San Joaquin River Delta. Okay, and so we're technically Lodi is actually in both San Joaquin County and Sacramento County. So, one thing I've noticed, you know, when I'm when you research a, a California wine specifically, you really start understanding the idea of a wind gap and how yeah. the coastal ranges have these little breaks, and those breaks form wind gaps. And usually, if you find a wind gap, you find a wine region. So what's your wind gap like? Because I'm assuming you have one. <laughs> we have probably the mother of all wind gaps um, okay. because, uh, you know, you, you got to think about the, the uh, California geography and you've got, um, it's a long state. I um, mean, you got a very large mountain range uh, with the Sierra Nevadas to, to the eastern side. And then the western side, um, you know, you have the coastal ranges that meet at the great San Francisco Bay. Mm -hmm. So all the water draining out of the Sierras comes to the delta just to the west of us and then feeds out into the San Francisco Bay in the ocean. Okay. And so during the growing season, as temperatures rise in the valley, as that heat in that air heats up, air rises, and then that creates a vacuum effect to pull in air off of the the uh, San Francisco Bay across the Delta region and directly on on the Lodi area, creating a very moderate climate, you know, kind of during the growing season. So your your cooling breezes come from the San Pablo Bay, not necessarily from the Pacific Ocean? No, they basically come off the Pacific Ocean. So okay. as the you know, and you you know, one of the coldest ocean currents in the world comes off Alaska down the coast of uh, California. And so you got really cold water right outside of San Francisco Bay and that just pulls it all in and right at us. And so there's these big wind farms, you know, between us and the San Francisco Bay. And, mm. um, you know, it, it definitely creates a moderate, moderating climate compared to other parts of the, the Great Valley. And so how long has wine been, I mean, these wind gaps, I'm, I love, I love the idea of them throughout California. And I'm just, how long has, that been, I guess, how, how, how do I say this? How long has it been since humans are like, oh, this is a wind gap. Oh, we're going to plant vines here. This is a good idea. You know, I, sometimes I think people historically probably did things via trial and error and what worked in one place worked in another. And, uh, you know, when, when people first started coming to California in the 18, 1800s for, during the gold rush, um, you know, the smart ones figured out there's more money to be made supplying products to the miners than there was actually mining. And right. so Lodi was an area that developed through agriculture in the in the 1850s. And so, you know, the first vineyards were went planted in the 1850s and um and uh, first winery I think was 1856. And um, you know, and it's just been there ever since. And and I think they figured out the combination of the soils and climate was an ideal spot for farming a lot of products, including grapes. And so was there a, um, I know back in the day, you know, you can't really talk about varieties because it was probably a cluster field blends. I'm sure there was mission grapes there. And we'll talk about Zinfandel in a second, I'm sure. But um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. 
<laughs> I had a really good question here. I, this is why I edit stuff. Um, yeah. My question was, yes. So since the 1850s, which is kind of a, it's kind of a pattern in California. Like you said, you know, George C. Yant was, is famous for supplying stuff to miners and not actually doing it himself. And look what happened to him. You know, he yeah. owned so much land and, and, and craziness. And, um, so in the 1970s, late seventies and the eighties, this is when all the American AVA started coming around. When did, when did Lodi get an official AVA? Uh, eight, nine, uh, 1986. And oh. so the AVA process, as you noted, really didn't come into existence until the late seventies, um, early eighties. And so, um, you know, it took a little while for that to get established, but, you know, there was always a recognition of this area. Uh, for producing wine grapes. And, you know, in addition to the climate, the other real historically distinguishing factor is the sandy soil around the city of Lodi. And that's the kind of historic part of the wine growing area. And the thing is, and one thing um, wine list, wine lovers and listeners out there is when you, when I, when you learned about Lodi years ago, we learned about Zinfandel. And it, the story goes that Lodi's got the Zinfandel. And from what I understand, when the old vine Zen craze happened, I guess it was in the mid nineties or early nineties, something like that. You'll mm -hmm. know more than I, mm -hmm. this is when Lodi started getting a lot of attention about their wines. And is that still the case? Is it, you guys have old vine Zen over there and is, is Zinfandel your variety? Or are you guys exploring with different varieties? So a few things. One, I mean, Zinfandel is still very important to the area. And I think it's, uh, uh important variety to California. Uh, we can talk about that later, but, you know, Lodi additionally is probably the most diverse wine growing region in California. Okay. We, we have, you know, um, know of over 125 different varieties in commercial production. Um, so you said 125? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Everything, everything from, you know, a Sirtico and, Fiano to Trigo Nacional and Mencia wow. and, you know, wow. all the weird stuff in between. Um, and, you know, there, I think that interest in these varieties is even accelerating a little bit. Um, and, but in addition to that, it's always kind of been kind of the heart of the California wine industry quietly supplying, you know, all the leading brands at the, you know, value end of the, um, wine market with Cabernet Sauvignon, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, Merlot, um, et cetera. And so, you know, we grow a lot of the major varieties and a little, we grow a little of a lot of varieties. That's awesome. And, um, is, is, are, what are there certain varieties that are like, you know what, this one is just, I mean, we, of course, Zinfandel, and I guess we'll talk about it. I keep on saying that, but, um, is it like you said, a Sirtico that just blows my mind. <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's a Greek variety from the island of Santorini. Um, yeah. that that's amazing. Is there something like that, like popping right now? Like we got Zinfandel, but also we got X. Well, you know, the, the, the funny thing is with, um, with grape varieties, those obscure ones is, you know, you could grow a hundred tons of it and be selling out real easily. You grow 110 tons and you're oversupplied. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's a tricky balance and we're still figuring, figuring that out. But, you know, I think what does well is varieties that retain their freshness and acidity. Um, and, you know, you got to also overlay kind of the evolving winemaking styles in California and, um, 
and uh, what does well here with that. And, you know, because of this interest in varieties, it's attracting a lot of winemakers from outside of Lodi, um, that and the old vines. And, uh, and I think it, we can do a lot of varieties really well. And uh, whether, you know, they'll be 100 point scoring wines by somebody who knows, but nobody necessarily cares, you know, Not but they anymore. can make really good. They can make really good wine at, you know, approachable price points with interesting flavors. That's, see, that's, that's what's ex so exciting. And that's what I saw in 2019 in Paso Robles. And I just talked to Devin Parr down in Temecula Valley last week for the episode I did on Temecula. And what I love about this new trend, I mean, or whatever it is, with the movement, with the way things are moving, I really love this idea that we're not focusing on one variety per region, you know, like Cabernet Sauvignon and Napa and all that, Pinot Noir and Willamette, which is fine. It's really cool. But then if you have a region that's like, look, we don't really have one variety. We have all these different varieties. And then we have all these humans working with these varieties. And then what they do is they harvest those, all of them and put them into vats and then figure out what they want to do with them. They experiment and do all kinds of things. In Paso, I think I had a, a Claret that was like four months on the lees and it was a very interesting wine. So do you have a lot yeah. of exploratory stuff happening over there in Lodi as well? Yeah, there's... There's a tremendous amount of interest in exploring, you know, different winemaking approaches and stuff like that. And, you know, I think just backing up one bit there, it's, you know, we're a Mediterranean climate and you look at other Mediterranean wine growing regions around the world. They're not mono variety regions. They're right. very much a mix of varieties and often the best wines are blends. And so... I think that is a direction we are seeing things go. And, and even even with the the mainstream varieties, you know, blending is a big part of that. Um, you know, a lot of the winemakers coming to the area, you know, we are seeing are, um, you know, oftentimes uh, guys that, um, you know, maybe making wine for another producer and stuff like that. And, and so they are pushing the envelope on some of these winemaking styles with, you know, whether extended lees aging or, um, you know, a more nat some of the more natural approaches. And, um, and some of those are good and some of those are a little pretty funky, but, you know, it's still pushing, you know, pushing the conversation forward and pushing the, um, the, the breadth of flavors and styles coming from the area. And so, you know, this is all a good thing to keep, keep it moving forward. And, and, um, and, and so it's an exciting place to be and make wine and, and enjoy it. That's what I got when you guys came to visit. When Lodi came to visit, I felt the excitement. You guys were, we were tasting some awesome stuff. Um, so we should probably talk about Zinfandel. Um, yeah. what's going on with the relationship you guys have now with Zinfandel? I mean, I, I remember it from back and, you know, the thing about just so everyone knows the old vine Zen thing on a label doesn't mean the whole wine is made from old vines. It could be 5% of old vines. They can put old vines on the label because there's no law really. So What's going on with Zinfandel and Lodi right now? Because I'm all, I, I, also, I got to say, I'm such a Zinfandel fan. I ask mm -hmm. everybody this in California. I even ask people in Napa and in Sonoma, how's Zinfandel doing, guys? But you guys have a really rich history with Zinfandel, and you're carrying it on to modern times, which other places didn't. So just want to get your perspective on that. Yeah, I think, you know, it, that's a it's a complicated question with a lot of different answers to it. But um you know, for me, Zinfandel is and still is one of the most exciting things going on in California wine. Um, you know, in the marketplace, there are no dominant players as Zinfandel. You don't see, 
you know, uh, a $10 Infidel out on the shelf. Right. You know, it's generally not seen as an introductory wine anymore. Um, when you look at it from where we were 30 years ago to where we are now, you know, old vine almost became defined a style with many consumers. Mm-hmm. And it was seen as something that was big, huge, extracted, you know, uh, a fruit bomb style as Infidel. And that was more a stylistic choice than it was anything else. And and that was what the market was demanding back in the late 90s and early 2000s. And so the first wines that came to market that were Lodi-based wineries that had a lot of success were made in that style. And and one of the challenges we've faced is that style kind of defined Lodi within many wine circles. When, um, you know, now you, a different approach to it, you can create very prettier style Zinfandels that are lower in alcohol and very food-friendly wines that really show terroir well. And so I think the diversity of styles as Infidel coming from the area is, is extremely, um, you know, diverse today compared to where it was, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago. Um, and so that for me is exciting. On the other hand, you know, the challenge of farming old vines that don't yield a lot in a very expensive place like California to farm is creating some economic challenges. And uh, so, you know, one of the tricks is pairing up vineyards with producers that are willing to pay a little more to have it farmed, you know, and, uh, and so that both the winery and the grower are sustainable. And so, um, you know, so there is the threat of these old vineyards getting pulled out still today. And, um, and so we're having to kind of figure out where that break even point is or where that equilibrium is and hopefully not too many more get yanked out. See, that's, so this, this kind of leads me to my next question. I feel like a lot of, you know, we're a big country, you know, if we get, takes a minute to get to a place in America. It's not like Europe where it's a little bit easier with trains and stuff like that. And I find that the excitement of American wine should not only be what you guys are producing and what you guys are doing over there and your climate and all that, but also going there, like getting, getting in a plane or a car and getting to Lodi and experiencing the place going, Oh wait, this is the, this is like one of the hearts of Zinfandel. This is that great. Wow. This is so crazy. And then, you know, that kind of draw could be like, I'm going to go to Lodi because that's where the old vines in is. And yeah, it's a little expensive, but man, have you tried it? This stuff is amazing. So do you, do you guys have like, what kind of tourism do you guys have going on in, so, in that area? I mean, a couple of things. One, um, many of them aren't that expensive relative to other wines. I mean, you can buy $30 Infidel from 120 year old vines that will just knock your socks off. I'm online immediately after this interview. And, uh, and two, you know, visitation and tourism development has been a core piece of our strategy for the last, 25 years. And, you know, 25 years ago, uh, you know, my family has a winery in the area and you could, you could open your doors and sit there and be looking out front for a week before a person wandered in. Wow. Uh, nowadays, you know, there are people coming from all over, over the state and country and the world. And, and it is a big component of moving the region forward. Um, you know, when we get people to Lodi, we win. They enjoy themselves. It's a very approachable region from a visitor standpoint. Um, it's it's not pretentious. It's, um, you know, the price points are easier. It's just a relaxed pace and uh, and they fall in love with the place. And, and so 
um, you know, that is key to building a brand for Lodi and an, an identity and, um, and a sense of place. And so we're going to continue to push that. And, you know, and our goal is, is to broaden the audience of Lodi wine from all over the world. And um, we're doing it one step at a time. Man, that's ex- and what's so cool is it's so close to an urban environment, meaning like you can fly into San Francisco and get to Lodi. It's not a big deal. You know, and a lot of these wine regions are close to like these major hubs, like down in Temecula, you can fly into San Diego, I think, or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, we got San Francisco, you can fly into, you've got Sacramento, that's an hour away. You've got Oakland and San Jose, all these major airports. It is, it is very easy to get to. And, you know, we're on at a crossroads of major highways. So that makes it accessible too. And, and, uh, our area was founded by, Germans to a great degree. And so the roads are straight and they're a mile apart yes, <laughs> and, uh, that's amazing. and uh, I love it. It, navigating it is not that complicated. Right. So. Right. And the wineries are fairly condensed too. I mean, you've got a lot of them within, within and around the city of Lodi. So, you know, you've got a 30 minute drive from the farthest ones away from each other. Mostly. Do you guys have a, a center of tasting rooms or is it fun to kind of bop around and, and visit the wineries themselves? I mean, we've got, I mean, if you look at the city of Lodi as kind of the center, then there are, there are surrounding us basically on all sides. Um, we actually operate a, um, a wine and visitor center for the Lodi region at um, one of the very nicest hotel properties you'll find in the Valley. And, and we feature, you know, eight wines by the glass on a daily basis and rotate them all the time. And we have a lot of the wines from out of the area and in the area, and it's a great place to start to kind of get your bearings and um, the staff's trained to kind of point out brands and wineries that you may be interested in that align with your tastes. And so, um, yeah, there's a good core there to experience. I gotta, I gotta say, Stuart, I, I am, I am one of these, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those Zinfandel fanatics and like not the over extracted <laughs> stuff you're talking to talking about when this variety is allowed to express itself there's, there is, it is amazing. And the fact that we have an, an AVA in California close to all these airports that's easy to get to that has and celebrates the variety that's so awesome. And you can get it for the price. Like, you know, it's not going to be an arm and a leg and you get an amazing bottle of American wine made from the Zinfandel grape. That is part of the American historical fabric of the American wine industry and the history of it. I think it's just amazing. And, um, I just, I'm, I'm happy to, I love being able to like shine a light on this stuff. And I just want to thank you so much for, for coming and and taking the time to chat with me, man. Yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. We, we, we love the place and, uh, and we think there's a lot to it and it's, you know, we're just scratching the surface of the potential, I believe. And I think with each vintage that passes and, and, uh, each year that goes by, you know, we're understanding how better to make these wines and, and they're, you know, the styles and interest is really growing. And I think people would really enjoy themselves spending some time there. Wine lovers go to Lodi, enjoy the local culture, drink the wine, go to a local restaurant, look at their wine list. That's where you get some of the best wines. You can look at local wine. I love going to local restaurants and in wine country and just like looking at all the, like, I don't know that. Let's try that. I don't know that. Let's try that. It's really, really amazing. So Thanks so much for taking the time, man. This is awesome. No problem. Thanks to be here. 
Okay, so we didn't get to it, but CCR, Creedence Clearwater Revival, was a band in the 60s and 70s who had a song called Stuck in Lodi Again, and it sort of shined not an awesome light on the town, which doesn't matter because that's not what Lodi is about. I'm just so glad no one knows that song anymore. Anyway, book your ticket, get ready to go to Lodi, drink old real well done, Old Vine Zinfandel and other exploratory wines. This is a new generation of American wine. I hope you're excited because I sure am. See you next week. Vine Pair Keith is my Insta. Rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps get the word out there. And now for some totally awesome credits. Wine 101 was produced, recorded, and edited by yours truly, Keith Beavers, at the Vine Pair headquarters in New York City. I want to give a big old shout out to co-founders Adam Teeter and Josh Mallon for creating Vine Pair. And I mean, big shout out to Danielle Grinberg, the art director of Vine Pair, for creating the most awesome logo for this podcast. Also, Darby Seaside for the theme song. Listen to this. And I want to thank the entire Vine Pair staff for helping me learn something new every day. See you next week. EMJ Gallo Winery is excited to sponsor this episode of Vine Pairs Wine 101. Gallo always welcomes new friends to wine with an amazing wide spectrum of favorites, ranging from everyday to luxury and sparkling wine. Gallo also makes award-winning spirits, but this is a wine podcast. Whether you are new to wine or an aficionado, Gallo welcomes you to wine. Visit thebarrelroom.com today to find your next favorite, where shipping is available.